You are listening to the Heavenly Chi podcast, episode number 71. Today I'm joined by Johanna Ashley, and we're going to be discussing the sinews, the sinew channels, the complement channels. Welcome to the episode, Joanna. It's great to have you here. Uh, hi, Claire. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's wonderful to come and chat to you today. Yeah, great to have you here. And fellow Aussie practitioner, which is always a nice accent for us fellow Aussies to hear when we're on podcasts. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you? Sure. So I've been practicing acupuncture for, this is my 20th year this year. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I kind of wanted to have a party, but I wasn't sure he'd turn up. <laughs> um, yeah. So I tr- I studied at VUT back in the day when that course was still running. Uh, and I've been practicing in Castle Maine since I first opened. And recently, in the last sort of six years, I've converted my practice to the practice of the complement channels. And like I finally found my my thing, you know, my little niche in Chinese medicine that really spoke to my heart. So I've sort of been hoping to share that with others and encourage them to give them these channels a go and incorporate them into their practice too. Yeah. When you're talking about the complement channels and that you've swapped your practice over in the last six years, what does that mean? Like, What does that look like from, from your point of view, from the patient's point of view? How have things changed? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, so I used to practice more, well, my training was more of a TCM style acupuncture, like most of us nowadays. And I did also kind of move more towards a five element style of practice, but they're all still working within the primary channels. So the, the channel systems that go to the organs. But the complement channels are a series of channels that are uh, above and below and around the primary channels. And those are the channels that we might call the sinew channels, the low channels, the eight extraordinary channels, and the divergent channels. And those channels are more the places where we, the body will choose to store pathology so that the, the primary channels are the places where we don't want pathology at all. So we'll, the body will do all it can to keep, them, keep it out of those channels. And what that looks like in practice, how that's different, is that we can go straight to the source of where the issues are and where they're being held in the body and move them, Uh, either help the body to process them or release them or store them better so that they're out of harm's way. Um, That can look to me, like to me in practice, it's looked like bigger shifts for my patients, Um, uh, much more profound outcomes uh, and changes on all levels for my patients. Yeah, which has been really exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. And very, I can imagine very affirming as a, as a Chinese medicine practitioner to see big, juicy outcomes happen from your treatments. And this is something that I always knew was available and possible but just couldn't access it. It was like I was going around the perimeter of, of, of a person's 
disharmony, you could say, in the TCM language, <laughs> that we're going around and around this borderline and wanting to penetrate deep into the centre to create those big changes but couldn't find my way in and the compliment channels have been that way in for me. Mm, fabulous. Yeah. You've listed off the four compliment channels, the sinews, the divergence, the lows and the eight extras. Yeah. We're going to dive deep into the sinews today, but do you want to give like a, an overview, like the elevator pitch for each of the compliment channels? How, like, what's the significance and when you would think about using them? Okay. So we could look at it usually through, like, you could say the the way level and the yin level and the yuan level through that lens. So at the way level, we have the, the sinew channels. We would use the channels when they're indicated on the pulse, right, mainly. <laughs> but you could say the kinds of conditions that you'd see at the sinew level would be um, predominantly a musculoskeletal kind of problems, right? But that also reflects into other ways that we hold ourselves, things that we may have trouble holding in ourselves uh, on other levels, you know, not just a muscular level. Um, and also problems in the immune system itself because the sinews are where we process external pathology. So, you know, common colds and ailments such as this, we might we could use the sinew channels to treat those, those kinds of problems. And then if we're going, you know, from the top down, so we go from the way level into the yin level, then we start to look at the, the low channels and the primary channels are kind of like side by side in that yin level. And the low channels, their specialty is working with the emotions because they work with the blood, you know, which is where the emotions circulate is in the blood. So, but also you can also use them for inflammation um, inflammatory types of problems uh, as well. But my, my focus with the lows would be on, you know, shifts that are needing to happen at the psycho-emotional level that we're conscious of too, you know, that we're aware of. It's like I, re- I know that every day I wake up with this pressing grief that I can't seem to shift, you know, that's kind of, or I, I know that I've got depression that I've had for 20 years and I, you know. Um, and then the yuan level, um, the eight extras reside at the yuan level, but also the divergents do too, but it's sort of like a little bit more superficially in the yuan level than the eight extras. But they also have a branch that goes to the way, to the sinews. They have a branch, you know, part of their connection is to the sinews and part, part to the joints. So, and the divergents we tend to think of Conditions of like an autoimmune nature tend to reside in the in the divergence, um, or we could look at um, trauma that's been repressed and held deep in the body, and then sometimes is unable to be to be stored, and because we're run down, and then it comes up and flares into some other kind of inflammatory autoimmune condition. You could look at it through that lens as well. Um, the eight extras are our blueprint. So we, we know they're things of a hereditary nature, generational nature, traumas that have occurred that affect us at a deep level from within the first cycles of seven and eight or first two cycles. Um, things that are foundational, you know, that affect us in the way that we're set up in the world. But then also things that affect the, the curious organs, 
you could also look at within the eight extras. That's a very surmised <laughs> overview. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, you know, some people talk about the way that the the eight extras kind of take the overflow from the lows. Like once the lows are filled to the brim, they're like, we're done, we can't do this anymore, here you go, and over to the eight extras. Yes. And similar with the divergence, that they kind of like take the overflow from the sinews when the sinews are like, no, we <laughs> we we can't hold this back anymore. Life just keeps coming and you can just deal with, you can just park it now. Yeah, you keep doing that thing that doesn't serve us, so we have to put it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, then that's that beautiful, complex, you know, matrix of of how of interrelationships between all of them and how things, you know, like the tide move in and out and all affect each other. Yeah. Which is quite beautiful. It is. So we're gonna start at the most superficial level today. And at the level that, you know, as you described, it's the way it's the place that we interface with the world. It's our musculature, it's our immune system. Yeah. It's it's where our wei chi lives in the sinews. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of our, you could also say it's our energy field because the way level it incorporates the skin and the muscles and but it also emanates outwards from us to into the world so that we can walk into a room and say, oh, this party's pretty dead. <laughs> or we can walk into this to a room and go, oh, my gosh, this place is filled with warm, open-hearted people. I feel safe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the beauty of the sinews is that they are this kind of like they have this intangible energetic quality to them that's also got a really physical, <laughs> you know, aspect as well, like in how we, they treat very physical things and yet they have this energetic resonance. Yeah. You mentioned that the main way that you kind of decide on whether you're even going to do a sinew treatment in the first place is often you're guided by the pulse and you're directed by the pulse. Tell me about that. What's that like to interact with the with the sinews and with the Wei Chi and the pulse? Ah. So the the very top top part of the pulse. And if we're going to talk about, you know, the top of the pulse we would talk about it in the weight of mung beans as if we've got the weight of mung beans on our fingers as we press on the wrist and so we'd be looking at that the first from zero to six beans we would call it the very 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 light pressure on the pulse and the yang sinews often above even above the skin you know you barely you're just approaching the pulse and you'll feel it it's like whoa okay yep there's definitely like a shao yang sinew there Right there, and <laughs> we're going up above the pulse, above above the wrist to meet you. And many pulse taking methods often work purely at this way level of the pulse within you know that we would say within this system is is the way level, but that would be their standard pulse taking level, which is interesting. But usually we're searching, we're not searching, we're listening and 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 inquiring to see if there's any tension in that very, very superficial part of the pulse and whereabouts that's located and is it almost above the skin or do we have to put a, do we just put the tiniest bit of pressure and we find a pulse and that would be the yin sinews if we, if we just need, if we're just kind of just touching, like, oh, okay, slightly deeper in the body that the tension is being held. Mm. And, of course, they have their own, their own map of 
Oh, and there's different methods of use, different maps. <laughs> Some people still use the standard, you know, primary channel map of the pulse to, to diagnose the sinews. I originally learned with Anne the kind of six confluence system, which is slightly different. But they both work, so it doesn't really matter <laughs> which which one you use. They both they kind of work out the same anyway. <laughs> yeah. So which is the map that you would like uh, that you most prefer to use? Well, because it was the one I learned originally with, I've just stayed with that because it's like <laughs> my brain doesn't want to have to learn a whole new way. <laughs> but um, so I use that more sort of six confluence map so that the the sun position is the tai yang and the tai yin uh, sinews and the guan position is the xiao yang and the xiao yin sinews and the chi is the yang ming and the jui yin sinews and that's the same on both wrists but one would be the right side wrist would reflect the leg sinews and the left side wrist reflects the um, arm sinews. Yeah. So talk me through the process. So you, you're approaching the pulse. Well, usually the very first thing is someone will come in with pain and probably the pulse is not the first place I, I go with sinews, but there would be an, also sometimes they're an indicator of to go to the sinews. Does that make sense? So yeah. usually people come in and say, I've got a sore shoulder. <laughs> and the first question I would ask with sinews is, what's the most difficult movement to make? And then the movement itself will indicate to me if we're looking at Tai Yang or Xiao Yang, Yang Ming, et cetera, because there's different movements associated with each of those confluences. But and so you would they would ask the most painful movement, where the pain's located, and then I would take the pulse and I would be tuning into the very, that very, very gentle, gentle touch on the pulse. Um, and and looking for a very, it's kind of like a what I would have called a wiry pulse in the past, one of those very guitar string kind of narrow, tight uh, pulses under the finger and looking for which locations that arises in because it may be more than one place that you feel a sinew pulse. And I think the pulse is an important part of it because sometimes the most painful movement indicates a more superficial condition like a Xiaoyang sinew. But when you take the pulse, it's actually, there's also a much deeper yin sinew there, especially if the person's had the condition for a while uh, or the injury for a while. And if you don't go to that deeper yin sinew and, and un, unbind that, the, the pain may clear for a few days, but it'll come back because you haven't actually pushed it up, you know, from its deepest source to the surface yeah and so the pulse is going to let you know where the more effective treatment channel is going to is likely to be yes so sometimes all three of those diagnostic tools will have different answers and most often that's the case the pain will be located in the tai yang sinew and the the most difficult movements the yang ming movement and the pulse may not have either of those sinews tight. It might have a Xiaoyin sinew tight. But you would still use all those three channels in the treatment. You would just start with the deepest the deepest sinew that comes up in those three diagnostic tools 
and move out towards the surface. So you'd start with the Shaoyin sinew, move to the Yangming sinew, and then, the, you know, finish with the Taiyang. Yeah. Then you know that you've caught it from where it's hiding. <laughs> Often, you know, there's there's these hidden latencies of a chronic nature that you're going right to that part, the deepest source, and then pulling it all the way out to the surface. And you're tracking this in the pulse as you're going along? No, I usually just do that at the beginning, but I will I will check in with the pulse to see if it's softened as I've treated, you know, as I've unbound a sinew channel, then I will go back and check. If it's still tight, you might want to add a bit more moxa to the channel. You might, you know, you might adjust how you're treating at the time. But um, generally I'll go, because the body's starting to process as soon as you start treating the, those sinew channels, the pulse will start to change. Um, and then it can get a bit confusing <laughs> about, you know, do I keep on track with my original diagnosis or do I start to shoot? You can do either way. But I find it helpful just to stick with what I found in the beginning, stick to that plan, and then just observe how it plays out through the treatment, how the body's deciding to process that as you go. Yeah. And so when you're um, like, there's a very different needling technique that's used for sinews well there's multiple techniques that you can use um and i've heard you know i've heard some people describe that basically anything that you do that affects that kind of the musculature the skin you know like even massage for example is in essence working at that sinew level so any any kind of body work that we're doing you know a lot of people would argue okay we're interacting with the sinews when we're doing this but when we're doing acupuncture, there's particular techniques that um, that a lot of people use specifically to interact with the Wei Qi. Tell, tell us about that. Well, yes, this is um, usually quite an interesting process of uh, with clients because it's a very different experience to other styles of treatment that they would have received. It, it, it's definitely not um, relaxing. <laughs> type of treatment this new treatment um so what it, we actually the way I like at it is that we're manually going along the, the sinew pathway which is quite a broad pathway not like some of the other channels and we're manually releasing it as we're going down and we do that by kind of just pushing the a needle through the guide tube we take the guide tube off and rotate it either away from the midline or towards the midline, depending if we're wanting to tonify the sinew or reduce the sinew. And then just slightly like rotate and lift, and it creates this special effect where the Wei Qi grabs hold of the needle. And as you lift it, it kind of tents the skin. And sometimes you can feel that that that. That binding, we call it a binding, and way down deep, almost to the bone, like you can feel this pulling. Have you felt that where you you feel it pulling something quite deep into this into the musculature, like to the bone? And then it will kind of what happens is as you just holding resistance, eventually the the trap pathology at that point, like the cold usually in the wind, will cut through the needle, and the Wei Qi will release. And that pathology's gone, and you'll feel an instant change, right, in the soft tissue where you've just placed that needle. It's quite incredible. 
and then you move on to the next point and you do it again. <laughs> That's the technique I use, the binding technique, but there is a chiseling technique, which I, I've not been shown how to do that. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Yuen also has a whole series of more gentle um, physical manipulations, I think, to, to release the sinews. But again, they're techniques that I, I haven't actually learned myself yet. So, Yeah, the binding technique um, sounds sounds similar to what I've heard described as the tenting technique, like getting, like you're pulling, you know, you, you're grabbing onto the wei chi and you're kind of pulling it up and the skin will literally tent up under the needle as you lift it up. Yeah, it looks pretty impressive <laughs> and kind of a little bit gruesome, <laughs> depending de- depending on how you choose to, to look at it, I suppose. <laughs> but it's quite amazing. And the the level of or the height of the tenting is not necessarily equal to the amount of pain that the person will experience on as that binding is releasing. Which this is another part of these shape the particular this particular channel system that can be challenging for the practitioner and for the patient is that it it is it, it is painful. It's not a painless procedure <laughs> to release the sinews. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a workout. <laughs> I usually find that people feel like they've been through a workout at the end. But often leave, you know, with movement they didn't have before, you know, with, without pain. So quite incredible, really. They're very impressive treatments. And so the results are so different than what you get from regular Asher needling, for example. Oh, yes. Yeah, like immediate I had a, a lady um just quite elderly lady in her 80s she came in and she had a, a quite a frozen shoulder she could only lift like she couldn't lift her arm up at all she could just bend at the elbow and touch her cheek she couldn't lift her arm above her head at all and then at the end of the treatment I said to ask her just to make that movement again and her arm just went straight up in the air and then she was like fist pumping the air and like walking down the street, like I can do. Look at it. Look at me. I can do this. <laughs> Going into all the shops and telling them, she was so excited. <laughs> it's so uh, fantastic as a as an acupuncturist to go. Look at that. Look at that change. You can really see it. You know. Yeah, especially when you've been an acupuncturist for so long before you've started using these treatments. It's a real contrast seeing the before and after. Uh, sure is, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it makes it so exciting. I've had a, um, a patient this year who's, you know, she's been a longstanding patient of mine and earlier this year she developed a pretty bad case of frozen shoulder. She was overworked and in a job that she really didn't like. She's very grumpy about it and you know, the perfect storm of sitting at a computer all day and all of those underlying factors resulted in her having this frozen shoulder. And even after she'd left the job and was essentially on a sabbatical and just living her best life and she was on on leave and she was resting and she was well-nourished but she still had this shoulder problem and um, she came to me and she said, Claire, <laughs> she said, what are we going to do about my shoulder? I've been to the physio, I've been to the osteo, I've had 
consults with a surgeon. I've had cortisone injections and nothing has worked. I still can't move this arm. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, listen, I haven't done this needling with you before. I know that you trust me. We're just going to do this. And she was complaining very loudly during the treatment. She's like, oh, my God, what are you doing to me? You've never hurt me like this before. And I said, I just, just trust me. We'll just see how you feel at the end of this. And at the end of that one treatment, she, you know, she could move her arm. Like she could touch mm-hmm. her other shoulder and it like there was so much freedom in the movement and all of the grumpiness about how much discomfort she was enduring the treatment just evaporated in that moment. And she said, great, how often do I need to come back? I'll come back every day for the next two weeks if we need to. I said, well, look, you know, traditionally I think we need to be doing this every day for three days in a row and then see how we go. So we did that and, you know, she hasn't looked back. Yeah, I mean, it's fabulous. And I think, you know, I've only had such a, a much shorter relationship with these channels than you have. I've only been using the lows for the last two years, the sinews since the start of this year, the divergence of the eight extras since the start of this year as well. And um, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. So I definitely have a lot more uh, willingness to inflict a little bit more pain with some of my patients. I know it's a it's a bit of a uh, controversial topic, isn't it, within acupuncture? It's like we've spent so long convincing people it doesn't hurt. <laughs> don't tell, don't tell me now. I have to tell them it, it does hurt and it and it's okay. <laughs> I feel like that's been a huge part of trying to convince people to try acupuncture. Is oh, but it doesn't hurt. No, no, it doesn't hurt at all. And then, um, as I've you know, uh, I had a <laughs> a friend. Who's, who also uses the compliment channels, say to me, um, you know, you can't really say that when you practice these channels anymore, can you? <laughs> that acupuncture doesn't hurt. <laughs> and um, and it's true. But it's not, it's not unbearable. And it's not every treatment and all the different channel systems. It's just particular, it's particularly the sinews. But I think in the West, it's part of it's part of our disease, you know, that we don't want to feel. And any sensation that's elicited during treatment is perceived as pain too. Whereas if you actually ask someone, you know, I tend to try and be really present with people if they're having experiencing pain during a treatment. And if I get them to describe it and to really sink into it, it's like, oh, it's this sensation that's running here or it's doing this. And it's like, okay, yeah, great. Yep, that's that's really good, and um, it changes their relationship with how they perceive what's happening in their body too. I think, and you could see just a sensation. It doesn't have to be perceived as pain. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a whole topic into itself. I reckon. Yeah, like what our our relationship with discomfort, mm. and any time we feel any type of discomfort, there's a pill for it. Yes, exactly. And- and we're asking people and inviting people to to sit with the pain mm. for the next 30 minutes or 40 minutes or a lot of the time the pain dissipates far quicker than that anyway. They're not in pain the entire time the needles are in. No, that's right. It's And even more than that, there'll probably be, I find no more than 
three and often one, just mainly one, really, really bee stingy, burny, painful binding. And that one really big one will release like a huge area. And usually, you know, yeah, so within an hour-long treatment, it might be intense for that short period. But, yeah, like you say, I've never had anyone complain about it afterwards. They'll laugh about it, but they'll forgive you <laughs> because <laughs> I, uh, uh, that's uh, one of my Anne quotes is um, if you get if you choose the right channel, they'll forgive you <laughs> for the pain <laughs> afterwards if you've done it right. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you've got the, um, especially when you've got the the dramatic effects, like you get the some mm. of the most dramatic and obvious effects from the sinew channels compared to some of the other channels that that also have quite powerful effects, but not immediate, like in the room, whilst they're on the table before they leave. Absolutely, yeah. On that note, actually, I've had a series of people come in recently, and I've with tight um sinews yin's um sinews so we're talking pericardium and heart sinews and the other day I was releasing this this guy's really tight heart sinew and as I was releasing it he started telling me about all these problems he had in his marriage and how he just met somebody that he was incredibly attracted to and he didn't know what to do and like all this stuff about his relationship that he'd been trying to like hold in as soon as I started freeing up the Wei Chi, right? Because <laughs> it doesn't just affect the uh, the you know the, the pathway that down the arm and through, across the chest. It also affects the um, musculature of the heart itself. All this stuff came out of his mouth, and he's like, "I can't believe I'm telling you this. I would never tell this to anybody." <laughs> and you freed it up, and it's just coming out. That's it. It's beautiful. And I, and I find that too, that it's not sometimes there's pain, but as you're freeing the channel, a lot of emotion comes up. Like some people may cry the whole way through the treatment and it's not actually because they're crying in pain. They're crying from the release of that energy that's been bound up there and blocking their expression for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the Wei Chi is really like that's we use our Wei Chi when we're interacting with people. And so some of those interactions can get locked in these little pockets where there is pain or restricted movement or a skin rash or. Yes, and that's probably what what those things are, right, the manifestations of, of, of an interaction that we haven't cleared or an expression that never got finished or given voice to or space to or yes I had a um a young fella come in must have been I think he was 16 he didn't want to be there <laughs> and all his pulses told me about was sinews he's like no nope, I don't want you to come in I don't want you to know any deeper than that and um I was like yeah fair enough like you know it was questionable whether I should have treated him since he didn't really want to be there you know but his parents had come, you know got him to come along and yeah, so I same sort of thing. I released all, all three of the arm sinews, the yin sinews. He was a skateboarder, and he he had he did have injuries and things from you know falling on his wrists and all that sort of stuff. But 
the really cr- the really cool thing was, um, <laughs> I think it was cool. <laughs> he went home that night, and the next day, he burst into tears, and he cried all day, and he cried in his parents' arms, and all the stuff that he hadn't wanted to tell hadn't wanted to tell them, all came out like over this one day, and like that he'd been taking drugs and that some scary things had happened, and he'd been holding it all in thinking if I tell them, you know, it'll upset them or they'll never forgive me or whatever. And so he blocked being able to talk to the people who were closest to him he would normally share these things with. And as soon as I freed up those, you know, the insinues, it all just came out. Blah, 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 blah. And he came back to me and he's like, is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. It was the most beautiful healing crisis. Oh, just so lovely. And it, it healed the whole family too because it wasn't just, you know, his parents were terribly stressed. They could tell something was going on, but they didn't know what it was. Yeah, just it freed up the whole expression of their fa- in their family, not just within him. So oh, it sounds like it would be so healing, so profound. Yeah, so awesome is probably the word <laughs> to be a part of that, isn't it, for people in our community? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it casts my mind back to so many patients over the years. And I don't see many musculoskeletal patients these days. Um, but earlier in my practice, I had a lot more musculoskeletal patients. And so many of them would come in with the main complaint is, I've got a sore neck or I've got a sore back. But what they're really coming in for is anxiety or depression or insomnia these types of things and you know I think I did a reasonably okay job with those people but sometimes I wonder how things would be different if they were to come and see me now Mm. yeah 100% I understand that (laughs) (laughs) I look back now and just go how did I help people before (laughs) I don't know that I did I know that I did but it was not on the same not in the same not to the same depth Mm that I can now mm. yeah. not wanting to you know dismiss any other types of treatment or anything like that it's just in my experience this has been a game changer for me yeah yeah and for, for my clients yeah mm. so when it comes to the relationship between the um the sinews and the divergence for example how do you how do you work with that? Like do you um, you know, some people say, you know, if we're talking about the Jeffrey UN school, there's, you know, there's a few different people who are teaching his teachings. There's Jeffrey himself, there's Anne Cecil Sturman, who you've learned with, um, there's Sean Tootin, there's a few others as well in different countries. And there's slightly different lenses, I guess, that everyone's applied. Everyone is always hearing hearing things and understanding things through their own filter. Um, but how do you understand the idea of um, you know that it's that it's safer to go for the sinews than to use the divergence, for example, or pot- potentially more comfortable in the sense that the divergence is where we park pathology and that the sinews is kind of the main exit points for those pieces of pathology? Oh, it's an interesting question. 
and an interesting viewpoint. I, I kind of don't, I don't really think about it in that way. I feel like the pulse tells you what's most appropriate on that day. And when, if you say have a, a sinew pulse that matches um, a hidden divergent pulse and the symptoms are intermittent and one-sided and chronic in nature, you go, oh, that's a lot of tick boxes towards working in the divergence, <laughs> right? And, hmm, I mean, the, the sinews can be have challenges in their own ways, like because of the treatment itself is challenging, holding space for people whilst they're in pain is challenging. As a pr- practitioner, that can be, you know, can be quite challenging. Not everybody is comfortable to do that. Um, I don't find that the divergence are uh, that challenging for people in my experience, but I do a lot of DSD. I think if you did a lot of SDS, that's more probably more challenging for people because you, you're bringing things that are repressed up to the surface to be expressed. And, yeah, I mean, you have to have the resources and the ability to process and do that. So, you know, it's a, it can be a gamble if you haven't got that same right rapport with the patient, if they don't trust you, if, if they don't feel confident in themselves to manage that or if they physically aren't strong enough. But when you're working DSD, which is deep, superficial deep, you're actually asking for it to go quiet. So something that might be aggravating at the way level having a flare-up of rheumatoid arthritis, say, for example, you're actually gathering and generating more resources to be able to take that pathology from the sinews and park it back in the joint. So you're kind of asking it to go quiet again. So I kind of see it as, you know, when you say that you know, colloquially we say, oh, all, all, all my stuff's up, you know, like all my, all my stuff from the past and it's all up and I'm triggered. When you do DST, it's like asking to kind of put it all back in the cupboard for another day. Often in that process, the body will go, oh, but come on, we actually could get rid of that bit of it. We don't need that anymore. And a a small portion of it will be released through the treatment, even though you've asked it to go back into into storage. (laughs) And I quite like that. I quite like giving the body that choice freedom to go to decide well you know we're ready to get rid of that but I'm still not ready to look at that bit that's got to go back (laughs) well yeah especially with the with the divergence because we're working at the yuan level so we're beneath consciousness yes we're dealing with things that are intentionally or, or maybe unintentionally but from the body's innate intelligence point of view things are intentionally being kept down at that yuan level. Absolutely. You can't be consciously aware of everything. No. <laughs> it's ever happened to us. <laughs> Thankfully. Yes. Oh, you know, they're, they're a mercy, <laughs> the divergence, they save us. All the compliment channels do, you know. they You can witness grace in all of them um, in the way that they help us cope and live in the world. Yeah. But I love the divergence. <laughs> I love the divergence. Maybe this is an episode on the sinews and the divergence. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nice pair. Oh, they're amazing. And, yeah, they do produce um, what we call healing crises. 
And I suppose they can be challenging. There's certainly something I've, you know, I'm sure you found you've had to educate your patients around and prepare them for and um, support them through. Sometimes they can be a little bit, um, the things that people aren't used to, you know, like having diarrhoea afterwards or, I mean, they're not usually terrible, <laughs> terrible experiences, but they're they're out of the blue and things that people aren't used to. Yeah. But it's so exciting. Old stuff getting chucked out. You know, exactly. Exactly. It's been interesting lately. I've been, um, I feel like I've just started to move into feeling confident enough. Um, like my journey through the divergence has been, um, I've been very cautious and I've just started doing a couple of SDSs like a bit more often, you know. It's been kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> this is different. <laughs> but it's only ever when I feel really um, sure hmm. by the person's language or and the pulse and all of that together. It's like, yep, we're ready. Come on, let's do it. And for those who don't know who are listening, do you want to explain SDS, DSD? Sure. So ASDS is a, a certain needling technique, but it's also an intention that you're a request of the of the chi to the technique for SDS is that you're just going in as superficial as you would to the sinews and you're kind of asking the Wei Chi at the surface to go down deep so then you, you, you go deeper with the needle go down into the interior and gather up this blocked Wei Chi and this pathology and pull it back out to the surface through the sinews. So then you come back up after getting the Chi deeper down, you pull it back up to the surface and almost you try to make it as superficial as possible as you're coming back up to the surface. So it's, it just flops over, you know, it's, it's, it's barely in there. And DSD would be... Um, is obviously it's opposite. So you're going down, down into the to the deep part of the pulse, the yuan level part of the pulse, deeper part of the uh, musculature, or the well, the energetic of the point, mm. and calling upon uh, those things that are being held at bay in the in the interior or in the joints, pulling it up to the surface. Going so the needle comes up to the surface. And then you stimulate at the surface at the way level. And so you're bringing the things that are deeper down up to the surface to be reorganized and to gather more healthy Wei and park it back down. So you can go back down to the deep level and park it in the joints, which I call the storage cupboards. <laughs> yeah. Hope that wasn't too confusing. No, and it's, and it's specifically when you're doing a divergent treatment, that particular needling technique. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so yeah. it's, that's the that's the divergent needling technique. So you would only use it for those channels, yeah. and you would choose if you're going to do an SDS treatment or a DSD treatment, depending, yeah, on the state of their resources, how much fluid have they got, how much blood have they got, how much juice physical stuff have they got in the body to either pull it out or do they need to gather 
and create more resources. And actually, that's a special function of the DSD type of treatment is that not only does it pack pathology back in the joints, it also get, it also generates the resource of the confluence that you're in. So if you're in the second confluence of the liver and the gallbladder uh, and you choose the, the yin partner, then you actually can just use the liver divergent just to build blood. And, and, and then if you um, also want to, you can use it to pack pathology. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're complicated. There's a lot, there's so many different aspects to take into consideration for the divergence. And, but I think that's, that's kind of what makes them so um, enjoyable to practice with too, is that they, the channels themselves teach you as you use them and um, as you watch, you know, results play out and, you know, as you make different choices of channels and say, oh, that okay, so I could do it that way or I could choose, you know, you can go in deeper to the confluences, you can start more superficial, you can match it to the sinew pulses, you, can, you know, like the, there's so many different approaches you can take and you can give them all a go, see what works for you, right? Yeah, and a lot of people find that they kind of just settle into using one one type of complementary channel more often than others. Is it, do you have your kind of favorite, or is it a, is that a cyclical thing that you kind of go through, or are you very classical and just go with strictly with the pulse only? I mean, some of them, like low channels, for example, they I mean they do have pulse indications, but visual inspections also one of the indications for the lows yeah I suppose I I try to be led by the pulse mainly I feel like if I if I'm stuck on a certain confluence and everybody's getting liver divergent treatments this week probably means I need a liver divergent treatment <laughs> so um it's like I think I need to get on the table with this person and we can have it together um so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I've experienced um, getting stuck on one. I certainly feel like there are times I'm learning more about one. Like recently, for a long time, I never, I never um, heard a um, lung, large intestine divergent pulse. It just didn't come up. Just never felt it. I think it's actually post COVID. Um, <laughs> it's probably part of the reason that I'm now feeling them a lot more. But um, that's not the only reason I feel like sometimes you get led on these, these journeys of discovery you know the, the, the practice of the channels themselves kind of almost has a life of its own that teaches you it's like we're getting a lesson in all the different ways you can use the lung and large intestine divergent today <laughs> oh you could just use it because they've got shoulder pain oh you can just use it because they've got asthma oh you can just <laughs> yeah like um that's happened to me so many times. I don't know if that's happened to you, Claire, but like running to the pulse, expecting to find a certain thing. Um, oh, a classical example, like a, you know, not classical as in Chinese classical, but just <laughs> normal classical, is when I was treating someone for asthma and they were moving my pulses. This person wants me to give them a dimo treatment. Okay, that's not what I would think to do. The first thing I would think to do for asthma. Okay. Um, and of course it made sense after, you know, when I did it. After I did it, I was like, oh, okay, well, it does, you know, balance the upper and the lower. And 
uh, gets rid of damp and regulates yin and yang and the ren and the do. And but what was really cool is after that treatment, they had like a huge purge of phlegm through their stool. Amazing. So all the phlegm that had been sitting in their lungs came out the large intestine. Yeah, it was quite amazing. And then they just haven't had asthma as bad since. It's fabulous, isn't it? And you just and it's not the first thing that you would think of. Because, no. <laughs> oh, okay, this person's got asthma and, you know, this is what I might expect to see. And I think that's why Chinese medicine is such a humbling profession to practice. And, you know, one of the, one of the um, discussions I had with Sean Tudin a few episodes ago, who also practices in this style of acupuncture or this lineage, you know, he says, well, it's called practicing acupuncture. You know, it's practicing medicine. We don't ever nail it. It's not called nailing medicine. It's called practicing medicine. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's such an important thing that we're all we're always reminded in practice. It doesn't matter how long you've been practicing for. There's going to be days when you've got, yeah, I've got it totally sorted out, and you might go and feel the patient's pulse, and it's like, well, that's not what I was expecting. Am I going to do what's there in the pulse and what the body's asking for? Or am I going to go with what I think I know better mm. and I think I know what's going to help this person even though it's not there in the pulse or, it's you know, it might not be there on the tongue either if you're thinking about herbal medicine, you know, even even yeah. people who don't feel pulses. If you're, if you're looking at tongues and you've, you know, you've finished your intake, you're like, yep, I know exactly what's going to be happening here. The person sticks out their tongue, which is by that point it's almost a formality, and then holy moly. Like it's bright red and you thought it would be pale or it's got a thick coat and you thought there would be no coat. And, um, you know, those moments, Yep, I think they're fabulous. They're fabulous because they definitely pull us back into ourselves and pull us back into the moment. Mm. And they also offer us some new perspectives and some new data as well of like, oh, was there something I missed or what am I not seeing here? Yeah, you know, is that something perhaps I could have uncovered by going a different way about things? Yeah, and I think what it feels like to me when you take the pulse is that you're being, you're having a conversation with the person's spirit, and they're saying to you, you know, this this is the pathway that would help me the most. This is the easiest way for me to heal from this particular, you know, scenario. And it doesn't always make sense. You go, what? Right. <laughs> Some days it's like, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I've learned to trust it because, you know, it works. That's that for them. That, that makes sense. To, you know, and I think we can get too caught up in thinking about it. You know, if we just feel, we just feel and we know it. That that person's body knows what it wants and how it can heal, and it has the power to do it. I suppose it's it's harder to put ourselves on the back burner and say, "Well, we're not actually doing anything. We're just kind of facilitating a request from the amazing abilities of the body to heal." It already knows. It's got this amazing intelligence, and I try to tell it to my. I try to. It's just conversation I have a lot with people is like I'm they go oh you're you're amazing you do this amazing job I'm like 
no, I haven't done anything. I just put the needles in. You did all the work. You're the one who has to process the treatment. You're the one who, who decides to embrace the change. I, I don't, I just stand here and, and hold you <laughs> through it, you know? And it's important, I think, well, I'm getting on my high horse, but I think it's important for people to take responsibility for that. Because it's, I don't know, it's a human thing. We want to be able to like say, I want to be fixed. <laughs> Fix me. Fix me. You want to be able to just go somewhere and just hand it over. Yeah, just do it for me. Oh, I don't, unfortunately, that's certainly with acupuncture, that's not how it works. Um, we're not masking anything or blocking anything or dampening down. We're actually asking for like change to occur, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, we're we're just formalizing the invitation yeah. that the body has came up with on its own. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But just I just see us as conduits. Yeah. yeah. Facilitators. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's a wonderful job. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of like we're we're processing the purchase order. <laughs> you know, the, the body puts out the purchase order. This is what we'd like, please. Please help us with this. And we come along and we read the process order and we we apply the treatment accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of need to know all this stuff, you know, and pro, you know, need to know how to do this treatment and we need to know what it, that feels like on the pulse and to be able to receive the information and make it make sense into something that turns into a treatment. Mm. Yeah. But, um, or like a translation system. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we, can, we can pick up the message from their body. Yeah. Or an interpreter. Yeah, an interpreter. Yeah. We speak the language. Of, of a person's spirit. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I think we probably have one of the best jobs there is to have. I do agree. There's very few days where I think, oh, oh, to go to work. I don't want to go to work. And then I come home still feeling grumpy. I mean, there's days when I kind of go, oh, I don't want to go to work. I might be all up in my own business and all <laughs> bothered by my own life. Yeah. But, you know, you get to work and I love it. It's great. Yeah. I take great things. I never come home in a bad mood ever. From work, no, it's so oh enjoyable to be with people, to yeah, to help them. It's wonderful. Yeah, fabulous. What are you up to soon? Like in terms of teaching, I know that you um, facilitate some training sessions and some and some teaching. What have you got coming up? If people want to hang out with you more and learn some of this stuff with you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, in February, I'm running a two-day uh, kind of two-day practical low workshop. So we can go over, we'll revise some theory and we'll uh, talk about, you know, pulses and we'll do a bit of, there'll be some demonstration. There'll be a whole day of being able to treat each other and experience 
what it's like to get a, a low treatment and, and to give a low treatment and it's going to be really great. I love watching other people experience these channels and and light up. It's just uh, it's wonderful to share the passion. Yeah, amazing. Well, we'll make sure that we put the link for that in the show notes. I think we'll be ep- releasing this episode just in time. We're recording at the end of November. All right. But the um, the real life the real life episode release date is um, going to be much closer. But that's um, there'll hopefully still be some spots left and some time to sign up for it. Yeah, wonderful. Our listeners. And um, we'll put a link to your website as well so people can see what's coming up even beyond that. Sounds like a great experience. I think this is perfect timing. My internet is just about to completely die. (laughs) So, But for our dear listeners, thank you as always for listening. We'd love to have you listening to our show and to all the guests that come on. It's always um, delightful to be able to share these conversations with you and have you feeling connected to our medicine and and connected to other practitioners. Um, So many of us work in isolation and don't get to talk shop enough. So um, thank you for listening as always. And thank you, dear Joanna, for coming on to the show. We'll have to have you back another time to talk about more of these compliment channels. That'd be wonderful, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.